0: All right, welcome everybody to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things Daytona from what was a wild weekend of action. Firstly, thank you all for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Obviously, we'd also like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Fox, Scott, Whole Shop Motorhomes, AS3 Performance, KTM UK, Kawasaki UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Whiskey Throttle times MX Vice collab, as I'm joined by the great man, Whiskey Throttle, editor at Large, Jeff Beaver. How's life, and thanks for joining us.
1: Life is good, bud. Uh, I've got a lot more energy than the last time we uh, spoke, and I'm pretty sure, whether I denied it or not, I think I fell asleep on you during that last pod. <laughs> so, I was so tired after Dallas. Man, uh, whew, that was a rough one. But uh, yeah, I'm up here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, At a refinery about to get after, we're going to go seven twelves for about the next 45 days. It's going to be a freaking grind, just like we do in moto, man. We're just going to grind, but it ain't going to stop us from doing the media stuff either. I'm just going to grind twice as
0: hard, man. We don't stop. Yeah, mate, obviously with MXGP starting next weekend as well, Supercross is in full swing. James has got some pretty cool stuff in the UK coming up. It's all systems go, isn't it, mate? And you guys have been crushing the content. So just tell us about the presence you guys had at Daytona. It was certainly a fascinating weekend, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was great. Uh, Jacob Fricker, uh, our guy out on the East Coast, uh, Atlanta Moto Crew, uh, check those guys out at Atlanta Motor Crews. Uh, got some cool races coming up and stuff they're going to be doing in the Southeast. If you guys got any guys coming over from Australia or England, uh, he does this thing called two stroke time machine. That's freaking rad. Uh, Jacob's just a rad dude. So he's doing video content for us out there on the East coast and capturing stuff and doing stuff on the, uh, on the, on the racing on the East for us. And um, you know, and, and he's, he's been around the game for a while uh, racing his whole life. So uh this was his first run with us at daytona and he absolutely crushed it dude uh did a great job uh, mike visor was out there shooting and asked if uh we wanted some stuff to post so he gave some photos and just some crusher photos that photo sequence of uh deegan uh you know uh i, I couldn't help but put steve miller band fly like an eagle <laughs> flying through the air it just he looked like an eagle getting ready to land in the water and swoop up a fish and God, I'm glad he ended up okay. That that kid's built out of iron, man. He's like mighty might, man. And uh, uh, that that whole star team that was gnarly, man. That old jump uh, almost claimed a couple other guys. But yeah, yeah, we had some great guys out there helping us cover. And Jacob's gonna do Birmingham next weekend, so we're still firing on all eight, man
0: oh mate it's great to see and yeah really encourage the fans to give you guys a follow and check them out where possible if you have any feedback about these podcasts let us know all the stuff's been really positive so far so we'll definitely keep up the collab going and should only get stronger as we head into the season mate so onto the racing the track was absolutely brutal savage gnarly all the words the riders were using when speaking about it afterwards some of them were saying it's up there with the most brutal they've seen in years you know and probably ever so really deep ruts all over up the face of the jumps dragon pegs the whoops were just absolutely eaten up as especially in that 450. So I guess a lot of the guys were just saying the key to success, like Hamaker was saying, consistent, navigate the sections coherently and really keep focused and just sort of ride in an intelligent manner. And the combination of the rain and the soft dirt just made everything super spongy, mate. So what was your take on the war zone that was Daytona, mate? And I guess the lights, a lot of guys were saying that played a bit of havoc too, just with seeing lines and ruts and different pieces of sort of stuff that could catch you out.
1: Yeah, with the speedways, with the lights only coming from one side, it. uh I guess they couldn't really tell how deep the holes were. And I think that's kind of what happened to AP when he went over and I mean, talk about another guy yeah. who who just used a bunch of his nine lives. That cat uh used eight of the nine lives on that one. That bike flipped through the air. How he got up from that one. I mean, he, oh. he hopped off the side of the track, threw his goggles off, like, damn boy, that 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 uh that bronc bucked him off pretty good, you know. He was looking Cowboy for Germany. the buck, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was looking for a clean clean place to change his underwear, but uh, yeah, uh, that boy went for a ride, but uh, so, you know, everybody pretty much came out okay, even uh, Romano and the bike whacked him, he still got lucky, you know, and I kind of wonder how soft that ground was, helped those dudes, you know, Hayden said his butt was sore and his elbow was sore, but that would have been hard pack, like. At, at dallas or something you know like a harder track like dallas or something like that one of the indoor rounds or or glendale they probably got broke off dude you know so there there was some good things about that but from what i understand it it rained like hell in daytona for a couple weeks straight right up to the race so the ground was already super soft and then when it when it rained it was just it was just a sponge but that was the first time dirtworks had done that track so they brought dirtworks in to do that with ricky and I know they did some things like into that quad. they In in, in some of the sections, they brought in clay, um, brought in outside dirt um, instead of using what was in, on the infield. And that probably played a lot into the, the track where everybody could maintain hitting that jump. I know Eli said he went to the right, and that thing was good late in the race. And he was like, damn it, I wish I would have uh, done it uh, better. So good on Feld for kind of getting – uh dirtworks involved and and ricky and getting those and it's a weird round with i don't know quite the level of involvement feld's in there you know like the media people were still kind of involved but it was the daytona group that does the race but somehow dirtworks is in there now so i think they're all kind of collaborating more just kind of like the outdoors did with feld and and so that's going to bring some good things to it because dirtworks you know i mean they catch a lot of crap from fans and riders sometimes but you know they know what they're doing. They they, they know how to build a track, and uh, as much as that track broke down for them to still be able to quad through the 450 main, that says something about uh, what those guys, Corey and those guys, are doing
0: yeah they're doing an impressive job and it's not easy it's sort of always open for criticism any sort of track building that goes on but given the situation even the riders were saying you know they did the best they could and it's sort of you know the racing was great so you can't really argue with it and i guess another sort of couple of key topics before we sort of really get into the winners and the losers i guess the crazy scenes at the end with the fans rushing onto the track i'm not sure what was going on there mate but that certainly wasn't safe when riders are trying to finish and you know just get through the race because it was bad enough as it is that track at the end there without crowd running on and also just those three s smx announcement the trio of speedways to host the second year of the smx playoffs charlotte Fort Worth, and las vegas so it should be pretty exciting so i'd love your thoughts on those two things as well mate yeah
1: the the rush in the fence it's like yeah it's cool it's tradition but it's getting so gnarly now i mean what if one of the writers would have got hurt you know I, I don't know if you saw buttery's post where <laughs> that chick ran into anderson and somebody said oh he kicked her i, I didn't look like he kicked her i think you know, knowing Anderson, he was like, back off, ho, you know, <laughs> get the hell away from me, you know, <laughs> just like, Jesus, you know, Uh luckily they, the fans were, you know, had enough common sense to kind of leave a, a path out uh, for him to go. But the ones who were just running across the track, if that chick got pummeled, that was kind of on her, dude, you know, you're still on an active racetrack, you moron. So uh, I don't, you know, that, that was a little gnarly, you know, I'm sure they'll, probably think of doing some things different next time but you know it's like anything if the fans screw it up bad big enough uh you know and then they take that away to where you're on the on the speedway on the asphalt and then people will bitch Well, oh, no it's lame he took it away well you're the dumbasses who screwed it up and 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 uh um uh 23 media he he posted something and i agree with him the, to the guy who ripped jet's goggles off his helmet you're a piece of shit you know, I hope you lose the goddamn things. I hope you got a flat tire on the way home. I hope <laughs> you zip your dick up in your zipper next time you take a leak. It, dude, just yank the 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 goggles off his helmet like that. You're a piece of shit. So pardon my French, but that's my thoughts on it. That's just, that was a bitch move.
0: Yeah, but absolutely. In the SMX playoff locations, you sort of penciled in and you'll be attending. Oh, I put
1: them in our, we got a Google calendar for the group and I put them in there and, uh, I don't know if I'll make Charlotte, but you bet your ass I'll be in the great state of Texas at Texas motor speedway. And, and uh, I don't care if I have to take a couple of days off from work, I'm going to Vegas, you know? So Vegas is going to be interesting because that dirt out there, I mean, it's just desert. So uh, I I don't know if they're going to bring some dirt in or, or what they're going to do, but it's going to be gnarly. And in in September, it's at the end of September, the end of September, it can be 120 in Vegas. So I was kind of like, man, y'all, y'all gambling on that one you know uh, i lived in lake havasu which is about two hours south of vegas but it's pretty close to the same weather and there's plenty of times in september where i was sitting on my back patio at nine o'clock at night and it was 115 degrees you know so uh, that that could be an interesting race and should that happen i might sit it out and go watch it home because i'm not trying to get heat stroke uh covering a motocross race you know so watch it from the Orleans casino or something down there, you know, at the sports book. But uh <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it was rad that they announced them one, one, of the cool thing about them announcing this this early in the season is now everybody's going to book their plane tickets. They're going to book their hotels. Those things are going to be absolutely packed, especially Vegas. Ve- Vegas is just going to be gnarly. I mean, I hope that Vegas ends up kind of being like, Uh, the mxgp was last year there's no reason at a place like that where we can't have a hundred thousand fans lining the track and and i have a feeling that's why they picked these speedways to do this because you can just get these monster crowds in there you know so there was probably some real good thoughts on feld's part you know um, the the guys are that we deal with they're no dummies and uh, i bet you if, if i was betting man i i would think that that's probably one of the reasons they went to the drag strips and the in the speedways is that just the the amount of uh the infrastructure and the amount of fans they could hold you're you're so limited in stadiums that you know it is what it is but you could put a hundred thousand people around vegas motor speedways track and and we could make it like you know the 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 mx donations that was insane you know and why don't we have that here for our stuff? You know, are we not as rabid as Europe? You know, I, I'd i like to think we are, you know, you guys are a little crazy, but so are we. But um, so I'm, I'm just stoked on the whole thing. I think it's an awesome idea.
0: Yeah, well, so obviously the floor plan of those sort of speedways obviously lends itself to making the best sort of example of those SMX hybrid tracks that they want to achieve. Bigger lap times, bigger, you know, space just to do everything, fit some cool stuff in, let the track builders be a bit creative as well. So yeah, it certainly leads it all in, mate. But yeah, on to Jet Lawrence, the Aussie who just put on another masterclass, didn't he, mate? It's just another sort of dominant statement performance by him, obviously in that tough track, impressive. He had his moments, it was sketchy. And obviously the tyre cover on at the start was sort of, as he said, had him tweaking before the game. So pretty impressive effort. Regathered himself, got a pretty decent start. And he was jumping that quad to get that gap on the field. And it was pretty brutal conditions. And he made it look, well, not easy, but he certainly, you know, did it the best out of anyone. And just, he said the key was he meant business tonight. And he wanted to sort of remain focused and concentrated on hitting those marks after those couple of missteps lately when he's been in a prime position. And I guess the scary thing for his competitors is how good he is already, but there's still so much scope for improvement, isn't there, mate? So I guess, what do you sort of think on Jet's performance and just a couple of steps. That's from Paul Pierce who sent these through, does a magnificent job with these. So head to the site to check them out. Jet average finish of 3.625 and he's the first rider this season to have three wins. Now on a 50% podium rate with a 37% win percentage. And obviously laps led Jet with 10 and Chase with 4 and Jet's now led 81 laps in main events this season which is 43% of the total laps on offer. Obviously fastest lap times was Jet which this one's pretty staggering mate. Nearly two seconds faster than Tomac's fastest time and over two seconds faster than Ferrandez who was third. So yeah and then Jet's average lap times head of Tomac and Sexton and then most consistent lap times, least difference between fastest and slowest was Webb, Malcolm Stewart, and Justin Cooper, mate. So lots to tuck into there. So your thoughts on Jet. Pretty impressive, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. Christian, uh he he uh he sounded pretty hoarse there. I bet you screaming at the top of his lungs trying to get that that thing off the tire. And I was dying when Jet said he was tweaking on there, because in America, if <laughs> you yeah. tweaking, you're a dope bean right? I'm like, well, we need to rethink that uh uh, nomenclature there jet uh <laughs> you yeah. crack but but um uh yeah i mean that was that was too close for comfort you know uh but you know christian you know he's he's pretty good damn mechanic and um i don't know i don't know if he's irish but he's got their luck you know he got the luck of the irish on that one you know uh you know, almost, almost uh, had a bad day and ended up all right but uh uh i'm glad that worked out and and it didn't uh grenade is race um you know i was i was a standing down at the podium at dallas after jet gave it away at the end of the race and he wasn't pissed off he wasn't upset he was just like dude i goofed up i i dropped the ball you know i he was talking to one of the honda guys and he, you know he wasn't bothered it was almost kind of like when ricky when mcgrath beat ricky that last time and, McGra- and Ricky wasn't even upset about it. He goes, I got this guy covered now. I ain't even worried about it. You, you, there you go. You got this one. I got you covered. It, it almost reminded me of that when I heard Jet saying that. He was so matter-of-fact about it, like, I don't give a shit. It's fine. I'm going to win him from here on out kind of mentality. And if you noticed, he was almost into the double-digit lead last night. And, you know, his he's kind of famous for that three-second lead deal. Um, and he said he was all business last night. I think he kind of wanted to make a statement in Tomac's house and, uh, he certainly did. Uh, I think last night was a, uh, remove all doubt kind of ride, uh, you know, when he wants to win and, and he means business. Imagine if we pissed that kid off bad enough to where he just, as an industry, just pissed him off bad enough and doubted him enough to where... He's like, I'm just gonna rail your ass. <laughs> could you imagine the kind of rides he would put in? Uh, I almost think we should piss him off just to see what <laughs> happens. I you know? think, holy crap, did you see that? You know, and and like burner and then told you know, have said to to Dave, if that guy could race like he practices, it'd be game over. You know, are we starting to see where he's going to start racing like he practices? You know, and and if that's the case, it's going to be boring to watch those. we're going to be you know, yelling for who's coming in second and third you know and and i loved when ricky raced back in the day but you know outdoors it was like kind of like it was almost exciting when he lost you know uh because it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion that he was probably going to wax him right you know so there was a lot of years where uh watching the the from your class wasn't super super exciting except to see how far ricky would win by so i hope we don't end up in that kind of situation you know i i want to see Tomac get in there and and ap's got fire and and uh cooper's not going to take that line down what happened to him last night i i don't know uh you know during the broadcast phil said you know i'm kind of worried when he qualifies like crap he does really good at night when he qualifies real good yeah. at, during the he does kind of crappy at night, and I'm uh, watching the main. I'm "Good job, Phil! You jinxed him." You know, yeah. so, so that that sucked. But uh, I was really hoping to get him up there and battling. And then, like Tomac, you know, how he couldn't smell that bike smoking, and uh, his his pit board. You know, they're they were saying, "Oh, clutch, clutch, clutch!" You know, uh, Jason Thomas talked about it last night that you know uh he went up to him and they said clutch you know it's just clutch so but tomac never you know you got to give it one one thing to that guy he's never gonna blame the team in public he's never gonna blame the bike in public you know so did he tell us what was really going on tv probably not uh but the the dude's just such a class act in that aspect it's just you know he he, he says hey I didn't do the quad, you know, he went somewhere over right there, but I don't think that bike was a hundred percent, you know, uh, he wasn't beast mode. And there was some areas where he beast moded little hints of it, but, uh, you just kind of got to wonder if the bike was, uh, slipping and he just couldn't do what he wanted to do out there. Well, I guess we'll never know, but, um, you know, just looking at the way it was smoking, you would think there was a bike problem. And the fact that he, wouldn't bag on the bike or the team or anything I I think that says a lot about his character and I thought that was pretty impressive I thought that was cool
0: yeah he's experienced campaigner and I guess just before we touch back on Tomac just wanted to obviously a jet was saying that when hunter he saw he had the crash and pulled off that sort of gave him that extra bit of motivation to push him on to sort of get the win for the family and pull his weight even more than he does so yeah that's kind of ominous as well he notices that stuff and he sort of gets that extra strength from within as well and just that sequence where he passed tomac and sexton in quick succession just sort of underlined the skill the class how he carries that momentum and just works his way through sections methodically he's just so intelligent and he sees the moment to hit the lead and he was sort of never headed after that but yeah tomac was interesting how he said he wasn't really comfortable doing that big quad obviously started doing it late but yeah, and he obviously changed that option in the switch lane as well. But yeah, pretty good battle with Chase and Jet for a moment there. But yeah, that clutch was just a few hairy moments. But I guess second was all he could do. And that's not too bad in the grand scheme of things, mate. So yeah, Tomac's still in there. But Jet's sort of getting that advantage, isn't he? And obviously the third place finisher, we had Chase Sexton obviously back on the podium. A really nice step forward for him after a tough couple of weeks dealing with that arm injury. Obviously, it's still bothering him a bit, but it didn't seem to be affecting him as much. What he said was probably lingering, but it's pretty cool how he's transparent about it and then he sort of tells it how it is. He doesn't sort of, you know, hide it like a lot of the guys do, which is understandable on both sort of options. But, yeah, are you happy with the Sexton performance, mate? Solid speed. Happy with the bike. He just knows he can do a lot better once he's fully firing on all cylinders, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I'm a huge Chase fan. I, I like the guy. I think he's just solid human being, you know. He doesn't bullshit people. He's not flashy, Johnny cool guy, you know. He just wants to go out there and race hard. And, uh, you know, when he when he doesn't have the best performance, he's, he's pretty open about it, you know, and you you got to you got to respect that. Right. You know, and uh, I'm sure it probably bothers him a little bit that you hear people talking about, well, the only reason he won the title is because Tomac got hurt. That's not a given Tomac could ate shit and just or, or Chase could have just flat out raced him down he was faster than Eli last year you know and, and at any given race if he didn't if he didn't crash himself he was always the faster guy right so to me I, I think that title was earned you know sucks what happened to Eli but it, you know it wasn't like uh he was 23 points out going down two rounds and then he got handed the title they were they were still in a fight you know so just one of them had an injury and that was unfortunate but you know, you hear all these people talk and then he, you get hurt. You move over to a new bike. It's not what you want out of the season, but the way he carries himself, uh, you know, uh, he admittedly, you know, uh, is, is um, you know, would say some dumb stuff sometimes. And was a little too frank and brash with the team and, and stuff like that. And he's working on that and kind of cleaning that up and working on his maturity i mean that just says about a lot about who he is as a man right you know and and he's just still figuring things out you know and once he figures out that bike and his hands better i you know i still don't think uh this is a jet's gonna run away and we're gonna have a five-year run where nobody can beat him i i don't think that's the case i still think chase has it in, in under the hood to to beat jet um And, you know, Chad Reed couldn't beat uh, Ricky and James all the time, but he found a way, right? You know, uh, Reed, that's why he was so crafty, right? You know, he was always right there. If if you turned around, if you fell over, Reed was going to roost you, right? So that's what these guys need to do. They need to either beat Jet, get up in there and stuff a tire on him, or be right there to pounce on him when he messes up to make him regret hitting the ground right and that's how you're going to beat Jetson in a title moving forward as he gets better you're going to have but they're going to elevate their game too right you know when Bubba learned the scrub everybody else learned to scrub right they're going to people are going to start picking up on what Jets putting down and, and they'll figure it out so uh to to kind of quit rambling on about Chase I I'm stoked for the guy and I want to see him do good and uh I think for you know for a couple weeks ago he couldn't even ride because he couldn't hold onto the bike when he went over a jump to you know being on the podium, yeah,
0: that's that's a win win, dude. Yeah, it's certainly impressive, mate. And yeah, he deserves respect for keep battling on. He's still in the fight and, you know, he's not going to give up on it. He's so sort of driven and motivated and just focused. So he should come out swinging next round. And even if he's not 100%, you know, he'll put his best foot forward. And an interesting one with Webb, just what you were saying, it's sort of obviously Daytona is a bit of a unique one, but you wouldn't have probably had Jet Lawrence having a four and a half second-ish faster lap time than Cooper Webb, would you, mate? That was sort of quite interesting to see that, even though Webb sort of, you know, it wasn't his night, he was saying in his Instagram post. And he's just sort of P4 still a solid. Results. so he was there and roxon was sort of had a quiet ride in fifth there as well obviously didn't get out to the start he would have wanted as well it's so key in these races but yeah you look through the lap times of these guys and obviously webb had that really good win in texas and it's pretty ominous when jet can do that much damage still you wouldn't think he'd be probably that much ahead of a guy like webb would you
1: no uh it just the kids the kids uh insane you know and uh he There's, I still think guys like Eli and chase can beat him and Webb, maybe even Roxon in the right conditions. I mean, it's, he already has, right. But I think that it could happen again this season. But, um, the thing about riding the razor's edge is the razor will cut you. Right. So jets only one little fraction of an inch away from just absolute disaster, you know? So, um, I I didn't think he'd be that much faster than everybody else like he was last night. Um, I, I thought Webb was going to be up there and, and grinding a lot harder, but that's just what's made this season. So awesome is, you know, us morons on the mic can sit here and talk and talk and talk and talk and none of it lines up. One thing, the only thing that was consistent this season that I've seen was last night on the podium, everybody on the Daytona podium was wearing a matching a star kit. <laughs> You notice that they all look like rainbow Sherbert sitting up there on the podium. You know, I was like, I don't recall everybody being in the same exact colorway kit on the podium. <laughs> that kind of caught me off guard. I thought it was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, mate, it's always cool to see what they bring out for Daytona, A Stars, and all the other gear companies like your Fox and Fly. They always put something on special, mate, sort of statement kit. And I guess as we sort of work down the list, Justin Cooper, fifth place, sort of under the radar, one of the unheralded guys, but you can't sort of knock his consistency. He's really finding his place nicely this year. Obviously, he said he couldn't match it with those top guys for speed, but, you know, it's still no mean feat getting fifth in a main event. And obviously, his aims are definitely to be on the podium, be that regular top five guy. And, you know, given the right conditions, I can definitely see it happening. Same with a guy like hunter lawrence who obviously had that shoulder injury but your thoughts on cooper's ride just how well his season's progressing it's been pretty good hasn't it mate probably better than expectations
1: yeah i mean with his up and down as everybody's been he's been really consistent and for a full-time rookie year ride for him i think he's doing great and i kind of i kind of expected him to do well last night because of how good of an outdoor rider he is and uh I really am stoked on seeing how he does at the SMX rounds this year. I really want to see how well he does there. I think uh, with some more, as long as he stays healthy, I think by the time we get to SMX, I'm pretty sure he'll qualify through to that. Um, I think that's kind of a given that he'll be one of those guys, but um, I'm really, I think by the end of the year, we'll probably see some shine out of him because the dude's a ripper, you know, he's just, I think he's one of those guys who's really calculated on how he does things, right? Like, he's not going to go crazy. He'd rather just use his building year and and figure it out. And then when he's got his confidence up and he's just like, I'm just going to go lay wood, you know, then all of a sudden Cooper's going to be a podium contender, right?
0: Yeah, well said, mate. And obviously, just as we sort of wrap up the 450 chat, because we want to get a bit of 250 chat in before we have to wrap it up. But obviously, Benny Bloss on the beater, getting 10th, really quality ride. Obviously, been a challenging start to the season for him and the team, but good to get some tangible reward for all that hard work. And obviously, we had Ferrandis, you know, another solid effort. Probably wants to be higher than 8th. Anderson, ninth. Mookie, 7th. Pretty cool to see him back up there, you know, putting in a confidence-building ride. Definitely knows he's got the podium speed. And then as you sort of look down, Barsha 11th, he's still building, having issues with the bike. He's just digging out of that hole like he's been saying. But AC 12th, good to see him back out there at his home race. He was really happy to be there in front of the fans, family, friends. So just any other takeaways from the 450, mate? We've got to have a word for AP's crash because he somehow got the dismount spot on, jumped off the horse there, and he escaped unscathed, even though that bike was pretty mangled, he was saying, and it was a bloody treacherous spot to get the bike back up so good to see him okay and he'll fight another day
1: yeah i mean poor ap dude that guy's like six foot three whatever and he was struggling to get that bike up i mean god you imagine rc rc would have been like lifting from the foot pegs dude he would have been under the bike with the way that thing was situated but yeah he took the cowboy thing to a whole new level he looked like a, a pbr bronc rider who got sent to the moon you know that bike was just doing cartwheels from the air and he just ate it dude uh You know, like I said, I think that soft track uh, probably kept him the difference between getting carted off in the mule and getting back up and riding. You know, but uh, for a second there, I don't think he knew kind of right where he was, except to get off the track. It probably didn't feel too good. uh, Yeah, that that sucked. He ate it. Um, You know, Roxon and those guys—they're they were all riding pretty good. There was a I did a little side by side edit that uh, jacob sent me that of uh of rocks and passing bam bam and bam bam just didn't look comfortable he was bouncing a bobble and they really made that that track tricky dude nobody looked smooth and ripping that wasn't like old daytona where everybody's going wide open fifth gear and just hucking everything you know which was fun to see but it was also I like to see them struggle like to to not just figure it out and you know kind of bobble and bounce when the best in the world are looking like C class riders in the main. That's actually kind of rad, you know, like uh that the, they're not invincible. And uh but Roxon, there there was one section there that he just he walked by uh, uh Bam Bam like Bam Bam was in reverse. And then he in the same section he went past Chase to uh Chase gave him a hell of a lot more fight than uh Bam bam but yeah he he had some he had some flashes of brilliance last night too.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a great night of racing. It was sort of like the 250 class, which we'll touch on now. A lot of parity, even though Jet, when he has his 90s on, it's still, you know, the championship battle's still on. But yeah, the 250 class is next level. You know, the drama's all over the shop. There's a lot of parity. There's sort of no real pattern going on so far. Obviously, Anstey with an eighth, but he still has that red plate, which sort of just is a testament to the unpredictability and just the issues and adversity all these guys are facing. Obviously, he's got points halls of 22, 16, and 14, and he's still up top, which you wouldn't expect. But he just keeps doing it, doesn't he? He keeps putting it in there and you know being as consistent as possible even though he's you know performing below his expectations too but how impressive was VR mate obviously those all-round skills from MXGP and those brutal sand tracks and just a general skill of you know being such a great motocross rider held him in good stead got the lines dialed which McAdoo was sort of saying he learned a fair bit from him but yeah you mentioned a lot of you talked to a lot of the guys afterwards and they were saying just how difficult that track was and VR was like yeah it wasn't really that difficult for me because I've seen way worse and trained him way worse and he's just so adaptable but yeah he started fifth or sixth, and just the technique, fitness, and the comfort with the bike took hold. And yeah, he was fast this weekend. He was actually quite fast at Daytona last year as well before he crashed. But yeah, it was pretty impressive, mate. I guess another step in his, you know, further vindicate his decision to come over and give the supercross a crack, and all that hard work's paying off. And he's just mentioning he feels safer and he's just enjoying his supercross more because last year there were certainly plenty of moments, mate. So with many outdoor elements in Daytona, it was sort of prime for him to get that win, but he still got to put it up there. And it was pretty impressive, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, preseason, we were talking to one of the guys on the team. I'm not going to say who it was, but um, at the at the media launch, they're like, dude, he's still struggling with the whoops. They're they're an issue for him, you know, like and and rightfully so. I mean, that's got to be scary to just uh, commit and pin it through those whoops, because the consequences are just gnarly if you eat it right but obviously he's figuring it out. Uh, he's won on two. He's won on a traditional supercross or podiumed on a traditional supercross, and then backed it up the following week with a win at the gnarliest supercross race we have. Right? So something's changed there. He figured something out. Either got his confidence up, or uh, they finally figured out a setting on the bike, or just a combination of both. But yeah, I think you're going to have to 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 consider him for race wins moving forward or podium moving forward i mean the guy's uh world champion for a reason right he's not slow um but you could see it in his riding last night just his line choice he just seemed to flow around that track a lot better than than the other guys out there he was just obviously he was because he won but he just looked a lot smoother than everybody else uh mcadoo uh he he was getting after it and then Uh, So that was kind of cool to see him get back up there and, and uh, get on the podium. And I I think a lot of people forget how really naturally just Ross fast that Cameron is. I mean, he, he is a fast guy. Um, He's, he's, he's lets it all hang out literally sometimes, but uh, he he just, uh, he, he hauls ass. He's always been super gnarly fast. Right. So that was cool to see. And then, then Seth, hell yeah. I was so stoked. And Seth was reeling him in towards the end of that race, dude. I, was, I would have loved to have seen Seth beat McAdoo, you know. I texted held him and Jacob. Too? Yeah, and held off Deegan, but dude, you got to give it to... Deegan was on him. I was like, shit, he might get him, and then Deegan did that rodeo trick. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool, man. Do some freestyle over there. Keep everybody <laughs> happy, but I was like, yes, yes, yes. Come, on. I wanted Seth on the... To get on the podium, you know, and uh, I think what you just said uh, before we got on here, uh, he's got a 42% podium rating in his professional career. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's pretty rad. But, uh, dude, uh, Uh, just to see him get up there and he's one of those guys who's going to build off his confidence, you know, so you know, I texted him last night and the, him and his mechanic texted me back this morning, like, hell yeah, you know, they were stoked. So they're going to be on, uh, uh, Seth's going to be on our writers, uh, writers meeting today. So that'll drop tomorrow. So if you kind of want some inside scoop, if you're a hammocker fan, you want to hear what he has to say, make sure you tune into that tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, no, I make no secret that I'm a big fan of Seth. So I, I was, I was damn stoked. I was watching it at work, uh, right before I left. And, uh, people outside of my office were probably like, what the hell is that big guy screaming and pounding the desk for you know I was making an ass out of myself but i don't give a shit um yeah it was it was definitely fun to see him back up there and, and uh philly's his home race he's a phil he's a pennsylvania kid so uh can't wait to get to philly and uh and see him in front of his hometown fans because they've never raced there in his career you know so That'd be cool. I I I was just super stoked for him. Out of uh, you know what happened to him at SMX last year, what happened to him before Supercross last year, and then Detroit, just getting weeded at Detroit and not even not even finishing the race. I was like, this sucks, dude. Come on, bro. You know, uh, uh you know, damn it, quit having that kind of luck. So for him to get back up on the box at Daytona, that was sick. I was super stoked for him.
0: Yeah, he's only 13 points off the lead too. So just sort of, you know, really great points haul to get him up there. And like you were saying, the stats from Paul Piercy there, he's obviously had six podium finishes out of his 14 main events race. So yeah, 42% podium average, very impressive. And obviously as we go through more of these gems from Paul, Vial obviously led seven laps, McAdoo four fastest lap time Vial's one thirty two four two eight was around six seven tenths quicker than Hamaker's, and then McAdoo's a further five tenths back or so from Hamaker. so yeah really great speed by those two especially Vial obviously just really blitzing it and best average lap time was Vial, McAdoo and Hamaker, and Vial had about a seven tenth six tenth advantage over McAdoo there and most consistent lap times obviously Henry Miller, Pierce Brown and McAdoo and yeah Pierce Brown's putting in some good efforts too isn't he the only rider to finish in the top five in all three races this year mate so have a pick at that but yeah it's pretty exciting race in the 250 class you never know what's going to happen do you no i
1: mean uh uh so pierce you know being f- the proverbial fifth every time hey you can't, you can't knock his consistency right but he had fastest qualifier you know and uh yeah i don't i don't pretend to know what's going on there is it just uh when he gets to the race, is it a nerves thing? Is it just uh, getting off the line and getting out there and getting up to race pace and being able to sprint off the start? I, I don't know. I'd imagine that he's watching film and everything, but he's, he's the most consistent he's ever been in his career to this point. Uh, Usually he's already had a bad get off or, or, you know, something happened to him. He's, he's had terrible, terrible luck. Uh, So to, to come back and if, if he finishes all the races this season and he's fifth the whole time, I'd call that a hell of a win considering uh, how his career has gone so far. Just, you know, okay, you laid the cornerstone for your your building blocks, right? You know, uh, get a plumbing level and build off that, you know, and go into the outdoors and kick some ass. So I, I, I was pretty stoked on the guy. And then, you know, Hayden, oh, man. I almost, you know, if, if he wouldn't have had that get off and, um, uh, you know, I think Brian posted something that his ass was pretty sore and his elbow was pretty sore. So, um, if, if he was coming through like that and he got a fourth banged up, you know, it's like, damn man, you know, kind of like Tomac, like if, if the bike wasn't smoking and he would have been hitting that quad every time, would we have had the battle we wanted and, and, uh, and Deegan, uh. You know, did did that affect him? Uh, was he just, you know, I think even Brian said something about, like, he's not the same kid he was last weekend, right? Like, you know, hey, kind of probably, he's probably in some pain and beat up, but, you know, that's where he goes into that Goggins mode and, like, uh, okay, I'm in pain. Quit being a pussy. I'm going to get out there and ride. He was still got four, still the best fourth best Supercross rider in the world, and he ate shit right before that. If I'd have fell off that bike like he did, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be getting up to to walk uh from one room to the other for a week, you know. So uh that's just pretty gnarly about how the kid is. Uh, I got I got no problem with the way he, he carries himself. I like the brashness, I like the in your faceness. Uh you know, I, I one thing I do want to talk about uh after Dallas, he caught a lot of shit for what he said about Forkner, the pressure got to him. I'd like to think that he didn't quite know how bad mm. Forkner was. He, he, The kid's not a dirtbag, dude. You know, he's he's not going to kick somebody while they're down. I think if he would have known before that that Austin was that messed up, he'd probably have gone out of his way to say something really kind about him, right? You know, because he does have good manners. Uh, right. And I don't think Brian raised a kid who's like that. You know, that, ah, that's what you get. You're down, ha, ah, ha, you know. Uh, that. Nah, that's just not how that kid is, but... You know, uh if somebody just ate shit and crashed out of the race, then hell yeah, he's gonna he's gonna ha, ha, you know, he's gonna nelson you like this guy from the Simpsons, you know. He's gonna give <laughs> he's 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 gonna screw with you, but uh had he, I I I honestly in my heart I believe that had he known that that he was uh whacked that bad that it, he would have handled it a lot different, you know. But um, you know, and then so this weekend, you know, somebody posted, oh, you know, the pressure got to him. They posted a comment on one of our posts about him eating it. And it's like, man, you know, hey, he's an 18-year-old kid. You know, I imagine what it would have come out of Austin's mouth And <laughs> Austin was 18, you know. He, what Austin's, what's come out of his mouth recently, you know, about certain people, you know. he And, you know, these guys all got bravado, dude, and they talk some shit. But, uh, you know, it was just for him to get back up and go ride, banged up, I thought it was pretty rad. Um, I think he'll bounce back and be fine for... Birmingham and um, yeah, you know, the danger zones coming, you know, uh, and, and I'm ready for it. I I love it. I just, I want to see him get in there and just screw with people's heads, dude. And uh, just, I love it when somebody just gets out there and just kicks the living shit out of somebody and kind of eggs them on a little bit about it, you know, and then doesn't make any qualms about being a badass? I just think it's great. So more power to him.
0: Yeah, obviously put the work in these guys and they come in feeling confident. And like, just what you are saying, just having to get off like that and these dudes, how they come back, it's brutal. Supercross is fine margins and usually it's one false move and you've got a spell on the sidelines or whatever. But yeah, they still battle through. It's impressive, mate. And they deserve immense sort of praise for what they do because it's not for everyone. And the skill, the decision making, the judgment, all in those split seconds, it's pretty amazing. And just, yeah... Credit to them, mate. It's a joy to watch them do their thing. And before we wrap this one up, mate, any final thoughts? Obviously, Cody Shock, Six, just putting it up there. It's obviously not tied for third in the points anymore, but still putting a really impressive effort for that Club MX team. Swollen seventh, obviously pretty solid. He got through healthy again. He's obviously banged up, but he's always learning with the bike. They're always ironing things out and just refining things. And he's happy with that team, happy with that program. He knows he can do better, wants to be a podium top five guy every week. And good to see Jeremy Martin back out there, even though he had another nasty one. But looks like he's pulled through and just great to see him back out there because Supercross is better with him out there and he's a great dude. And Getting him through, getting that race under his belt should hold him in good stead to sort of make some further progress and get towards that podium where he belongs
1: yeah Cody shock and, and the club guys man i I need to get a hold of Mike next time I uh get freed up for a race whether it's Boston or uh uh Nashville whatever one I can make it to first I'm gonna I'm gonna call Mike and see if I can like line up going sitting down with with Cody because I've never talked to him I just kind of want to know his because uh, you know what he's doing is pretty freaking rad being a air quotes privateer you know he, you know that that's kind of a loose term with with club i I'd call them more of a uh, uh right there at the factory team level they're 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 edging into that operation more than they are a privateer but i i get why they classify that but uh he's killing it and you know they're checking all the boxes at, at club mx but what, what that team's doing is just amazing and uh i wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years they end up with a championship I, I really do so that you know and and Martin coming back that was so rad to see him get out and leave and you're all like, yeah dude no way come on grandpa I'll go <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you know he was in his helmet talking shit like haha, Phil, haha Phil, you ain't the only one you know he was talking shit to Phil when they got out of the truck but then Phil was talking shit yeah you crashed you know so I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall for those conversations you know the those guys are uh, they're they're pretty funny with each other the little back at the clubhouse i've seen and i want to can't wait for uh jet to get back Run jet Reynolds to get back he's uh out uh just recovering right now from his incident at detroit um uh, i actually talked to him yesterday in fact I'm, i gotta give him a call today i told him i would give him a call but yeah i don't i don't know if i gotta have an intervention with him and tell him you can't run over black cats and smash mirrors as a hobby because uh it's starting to affect shit, you know. Yeah, we we gotta stop doing this. Let's find a different hobby, you know. Uh but uh he's such a great kid and I just I want him back and, and uh kick an ass because he's just he's low-key, gnarly, hilarious, funny. You know, he he doesn't always say that when he's on camera, but the kid's funnier and shit. Like he's right up my alley. He's was like a little version of me, you know. I I, I like it. He just doesn't give an f you know and uh i i just when i first met the kid and had a conversation with him on oh, man, i like you kid you're all right you know come with me <laughs> you know and he, he's rad, so want to see him get back and then hey one thing swole him not letting max by like i said pre uh yep. before us getting on here i don't give a shit if he's in 19th and max is in 20th he ain't gonna let him have 19th place you know a lot of guys be like, dude, if you want it so bad, go. And, uh, he was not letting it happen. <laughs> Max went flying off. I thought Max was going to end up flying under that sign. You know, I'm like, oh, shit, man. Don't get clotheslined by a bar in there and get hurt. But, uh-uh, no, nah, he was not having it, man. It, he, he was – that was his spot, and he was not letting it go, and good on him for that. You know, I, I was surprised to see him at press day. I was like, oh, man, that guy was – that guy was weeded at Dallas, you know. I was, I was super surprised to see that he came back, so that's cool, you know. Uh, good on Ricky. Said he didn't ride all week, so the kid's tougher than a two dollar stake, you know. Uh, um, he's he's always uh, always kind of just grinded, but he's another kid that's just had bad luck, you know. I, I don't know if these guys play with Ouija boards and light black cats on fire and break mirrors for a living, thinking that they're cool as shit. I don't I don't know what they're doing, but they these kids have got some bad, damn bad luck, man. I need some Jesus and rehab or something. I don't know. But uh oh,
0: mate, they've been through the ring of some of those two fifty guys, that's for sure. And before we let you go, mate, we'll just thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Fox, Scott, Whole Shop Motorhomes, AS3 Performance, KTM UK, Kawasaki UK, and of course even strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. Also, mate, any final thoughts on just what's happening at Whiskey? What's happening with you as we head into the next round? It's been a great season so far, and we look forward to chatting again next week, too.
1: Oh no, man. We're just uh cranking along and uh building up our media partnerships with, uh, all these great companies, fantastic working with great people and, uh, just doing some more filming and, uh, you know, I'm lucky I get to do this with you. And, uh, even though I'm off uh, site working in the, in the refineries out here, I, I love being able to talk with you every week on the racing and, uh, and uh, build up kind of what we're doing. I think it's rad. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep on cranking on that. And I can't wait to get paroled from uh, this thing I call work and uh, go back to doing what I like to do. And uh, it's no secret. The guys here at the refinery know, Hey, go ahead, run me off. I'll be at the next race in a jiffy. So that- <laughs> keep me as punishment, you know? So uh, yeah, just, just having fun watching moto and uh, filling in the empty times in between there.
0: Ah, well said, mate. It's awesome getting you on every week and having a chat and just talking some shit and having some banter, mate. So all the best for the rest of the week, mate. We look forward to doing it next week as well. So cheers again. All right, brother. Thanks for having me on again. No worries, mate. Have a good one.